Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features an interview between myself, Jeff Colossi, and Archer Luke. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. My name is Christoph. Joining me this afternoon, at least that's when we're recording it, is Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Christoph. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I am well. How are you, Christoph? Good. I was thinking about, it's still, I, I still can't really see you, but that's okay. Um, I was thinking about um, just something to get us started before we welcome in our guest and let everybody know who we're talking to today. Um, I was thinking about how I have had a song stuck in my head over the last month, and it's been a new song that we introduced in worship. And so I wanted to ask you the question, if there has been any like worship song or any like song in general that has just been encouraging you or challenging you um, lately? Me? Yeah. I'm putting oh, you on the that spot. That is a I'm great curious. question. Well, actually, so my kids listen to a Apple Music pod, not podcast, playlist called Elevate, okay. which is all Christian hip hop rap. Right? Nice. Okay. And uh, there, there are a number of songs on there that lately I have found super encouraging. One of them, though, is a remake of the Angel Armies song. I actually don't know the title of it other than, you know, we, you, the chorus is like, he goes before us, the God of Angel Armies is oh, always by yeah, our side. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one so, Chris Tomlin sings. Yes, yeah. I think it's KB and someone else. Okay. And my goodness, the way they rework it and that chorus is just so encouraging. So, yeah, that has. That's cool. For me. Here's some cool, like, cred for me. I saw KB live uh, a couple times, actually. That's he's awesome. Aw- he's awesome. His song 100, that is, like, one of my workout jams. I, I get going on that one. And um, But you know what song has been? I'm sorry. That's a, that's How a good about one. you? I like it. Um, the... Uh, Introduced it a couple months ago, I think, for Sunday worship, but uh, not yet I, but Christ through not yet yet not I, but Christ through me. Hmm. That song, do you know the one I'm talking about? Yes. Yet not I, I will. I'll spare everyone from singing. Um, <laughs> but I, man, we sang that for the first time during quarantine. We were at home, and uh, it's a group that my brother Max has been telling me to get into, City of Light, and I just I love it. That song has been, it has just stuck in my head. Um, for all the right reasons, I think all the all the that's a good song you want to get stuck in your mm-hmm. head, and um, and I love it. So, anyways. so the band is can you say it again? City Alight. Okay, and the song was Yet Not I, but Christ. Okay, in Christ through me. I will definitely look that up. Yeah, yeah. Now, and you'll recognize it. We've sung it a handful of times over the last couple of months for worship here. Um, you know, it's funny that makes me think. Like, and when we're singing in worship. I often don't realize what the song is called or who wrote it. Right, right, right. That's why I asked you to repeat it. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I probably, I would recognize yeah. it. I've sung it, but. It was one of the ones. That's why I kind of wanted to talk about it. That's I had awesome. a hidden agenda behind the question of, <laughs> I just want more people to listen to that song because of how good it is. And I was also thinking, so this is, uh, you ready for this professional radio segue? Yes. I was also thinking about our, our guest today and how uh, I, I love when we are singing all together as a church, which we have not been able to do uh, for a while. We did this last Sunday, um, but whenever he is in in the church singing, you can hear him bringing incredible melodies, uh, and he even sings on Sunday morning. Our, our guest today is Archer. Hey, Archer. Hi. Do you like that? It was a pretty good transition, right? That was great. Yeah. Very professional. Yeah. And I absolutely love the singing. I mean, I think if anyone knows me, they know I love to sing. Yeah. And uh, being able to harmonize with folks is 
is so fun. I love it. I yeah. I love seriously when when we're worshiping together. I can. There are times when I will. I don't even have to be like in the same vicinity as you. I can because you got a little bit of a. You got some projection behind your voice. Yeah, I uh, I had training. Yeah, I had a lot of practice. Well, uh, and I, you, I, I think there's a lot a lot of people that don't know, but I I traveled all throughout the states and Canada and Alaska for a year in a singing and drama group and all a cappella. And what? When was this? Oh, 86, That's 87. A, I didn't know that. Sang at the uh, expo up in uh, Canada. Canada. Oh, yep. Canada. Yep. You know anything about Canada, Jeff? Oh, I love it. <laughs> you all know I love it. Yeah, it was fun. I had a great time that year. And Was that when you were in college? No, I was, well, it was after my associate's degree when I was going to go into law enforcement. Uh, but I had an opportunity before I did all of my military and law enforcement stuff to travel the U.S. and Canada and up through Alaska for a year in the singing and drama group. Wow. And I thought, I will never have an opportunity like this again. For real, yeah. So I jumped at it, raised support to, to do it, and it was called the Carpenter's Workshop, and hmm. it, it was amazing. But that was also the trip where, while we were in Wisconsin, I snapped my knee backwards. Ooh. Yeah, which then, you know, you look years down the road, that is the incident that put me into full-time ministry to become a pastor here in Wisconsin, et cetera. Wow. So it's one of those blessing, curse, curse slash blessing. Yeah. God using something yeah. that seemed awful. Well, it was awful. God saying, you know, because I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the, the chaplaincy, but my desire for uh, the police and, and military and all that was to eventually become a chaplain, having been an officer. Hmm. But God said, no, I'll give you that desire because I've given you that desire, but I'm going to take you through brokenness and ministry first. Hmm. Wow. So was it? I guess let me ask this. I'm sorry, Jeff. You had like a whole itinerary of questions, and I feel this like this is I'm, a conversation. With, yeah, you know, questions to aid it, but let's keep going. So I'm sorry this if I'm is, jumping ahead of some of no, yours, but so I, professional. <laughs> <laughs> I had the transition. I got the transition. Everything, everything else. Um, so you you snapped your knee. You're you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Was it like I, I'm just curious? And I feel like I remember you telling me this story. I think you've told me this story before. So I'm Maybe sorry. Maybe many forget. years ago. Um. Yeah. Snap your knee. I was riding a three-wheeler. Uh, I, we were staying at you know, one of the, 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 the guys on the team, the, the Carpenter's Workshop, uh, his folks, he, he's from Wisconsin hmm. and out in like Spirit area um, and like Tomahawk area. But uh, I jumped on their three-wheeler and was tootling out on the farm roads and taking pictures of things and uh, had an accident. Fell Did into you a, fell into a ditch oh. after that happened? So mm-hmm. if you can even think back to a week after that happened, vividly, like do you do you remember your mindset being I'm going to go into ministry now, or like was there what what was? Uh, when I got the uh, after the initial surgery, and then more aptly after the second surgery that was about a year and a half year later. Um, it was very evident that I was not going to be running. Hmm. Um, I would not be able to pass the 
physical for the military and uh, for the police as well uh, because it, you know it was loose um, and it just it was not going to ever function great yeah. again wow so I am uh, sure that was a difficult emotionally and spiritually and, and physically obviously it was just I, I think it it's a common story I think for for people is just that they wanted to go in one direction and God made it very clear that that wasn't necessarily the direction that he oh, had yeah. planned. I, I had the next, um, I'd say, 45 years planned out. Wow. You know, what is that about? Uh, a man chooses his steps, but God actually appoints the path for them. Yeah. So, well, he, he made me uh, trip and get on the right path. Wow. For those of you who uh, are only able to hear Archer... Christoph and I can see him right now, and I can see just that you can still really feel that, though, uh, the change in direction. Even it was I'm... a tough time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the this is perfect, Christoph. By the way, where I wanted to start was, you know, many people know you, Archer of this church, but there are many who wouldn't know. Like I didn't know that story till just now, yeah. being newer, and I want people to get to know who you are <laughs> um, beyond just what you're what your function is in this area. Uh, so this is great. I, I wonder if you can fill in a bit more too. Like wh where are you, where were you from originally? And I, I know that's probably hard to answer, but, and then have you always, did you just know you wanted to be in law enforcement or where did that come from? Uh, that's kind of funny actually. Um, well, born in Kansas city, three and a half years old, we moved out to Southern California and then that's okay. where I was raised. And okay. Uh, my my dad still lives at the house that we grew up in, um, and I do remember in sixth grade, uh, in our so-called yearbook uh, that we had there, everyone listed what they wanted to be, and then you know a group of people looked over that and said jokingly what they thought they would be, and I I had said police officer, even at six in sixth grade. Wow. Sixth they, grade. They said executioner, yeah. but you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe a deer. But <laughs> wait, who said that? The whatever. The other sixth city graders? council, oh, okay. or, or not city, uh, 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 school council. Okay, kids. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So man, all the way back in sixth grade. That's... Yeah. Well, my dad uh, was a police officer in Fargo, North Dakota, for a while. I believe that was while he was. You, you know going through college up there or something like that um, I'm not sure of that timing exactly uh, and you know that kind of put a bug in my ear for that but um, you know then he you know he didn't do that as a career he went into computer programming and system specialist he's like one of the pioneers of the computer generation etc wow. um, funny story I mean even today he'll pull out his laptop and if he wants a program to do something he'll go into DOS and create a program yeah just makes and, his own program yeah he doesn't go to Google like the rest of us we just go to Google and try no, to no, Google he'll, it he'll create his own <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which is exciting so but then yeah sixth grade um, I you know toyed with some things different jobs until uh, I got into junior college and I, you know, kind of forgot about that for a little bit because I studied geology uh, as my major, love earth sciences, 
uh, just couldn't hack the mathematics for the lab work. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm really good at, at basic math, so let's, you know, go into accounting. And I realized, wait a minute, I don't want to be sitting at a desk my whole life. Uh, I want to be out and about. You know, I love being outdoors. And um, so I just got my general ed and, and, and sought God and uh, had a couple of administration of justice classes pop up. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. That's what I've been wanting to do. And I've been involved in ministry this whole time, leading youth groups and college and career groups and, you know, starting um, uh, Sunday schools and, and uh, you know, the week, the week youth groups and stuff like that. Um, and my heart was really towards ministry. Uh, but I was also passionate about, about police work. And, and as I was deciding, you know, I became a reserve police officer for Ventura City Police Department. Absolutely loved it. It just so reignited all my ideas about police work and, and just everything about it. Um, went through their academy and and uh, realized, okay, I'm going to do this full time. But uh, I think, you know, following some family tradition, I want to go through the military first. Okay. Uh, and I was, I was choosing the Air Force for their canine training. Uh, which, you know, they have excellent programs, and then come back as a canine officer to eventually become a chaplain. Because wow. ministry. I yes, mean, that's, that's that was who, in you. That's who I, who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are today. So, Having been in ministry. Yeah, talk a little bit about your ministry history, I guess. So then, mm-hmm. so the so you're on, you, you're on tour, right? You're going across the United States. You have this really yeah. hard knee injury. What 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 came next? Uh, what came next was I came back home after, well, I took a, a month break to heal, and then I jumped back into the team. Um, had That kind of had some difficulties, but it, I finished the year. I wanted to finish it. Got back home, um, had another, another surgery. Um, I, had, um, I took a security job at a high-rise tower um, close to town and worked in a pharmacy and did some other odd jobs to trying to figure out what am I going to do now um you know the knee was gone pretty much I, I did find that one of the few things that I could do was still I could play volleyball and because you know jumping up and down was not a problem it was just the running or the wind sprint type things that I, that I no way and okay I, I also used to snow ski a lot hmm. and you know Mammoth Mountain just you know, talk about huge mountain takes you half an hour to get down the mountain from yeah, it just I loved it sure I was also you know kind of looking at maybe joining the ski patrol someday as well but you know that as soon as that injury happened I couldn't even ski anymore because mm-hmm. you know too much pressure in the wrong area so uh, just seeing some dramatic shifts in what I was going to be capable or not capable of doing and I got some, a lot of advice. I sought out some elderly people that have been through a lot of life. Um, one of them happened to be uh, Dr. Roy Aldrich, who was the first graduate from Dallas Theological Seminary, because he was in the first year and his name started with A. <laughs> um, and his brother, Willard Aldrich, was president of Multnomah, um, Bible college and 
uh, just talked about the idea of going into ministry and you know the theme there was if you want Bible you want Multnomah and I needed the Bible I wanted to know more I've been in ministry but maybe God is steering me towards pastoral ministry so I moved up there said goodbye to the family making a big shift I'm not this isn't just a temporary thing I had to have it set in my heart I'm going I'm I'm gone and Hmm. Um, nine years later, I graduated with uh, my MDiv. I had a couple of degrees in there uh, along the way, and I kept feeling like feeling like I, I'm not getting enough. I don't know enough. But finally, after the MDiv, Donna said, "That's enough," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. Uh, I I know where to go to to get the answers. I know how to study to find the answers and I just, I just need to be both feet deep in. It's uh, drinking yes. from an infinite well, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just needed to get busy, and which you know has translated into a lot of my encouragement to people throughout my pastoral ministry is, uh, don't just sit in the pew. I mean, you can keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but it's not going to do you much good until you get out and use it. Hmm. Right. Right. Uh, and you know, I had to be kind of forced out of the the cradle myself you know the the university and bible college cradle that's a really good word i mean really for all of us whether we're going into ministry or not Mm -hmm. it's all the knowledge we're gaining through whether it's a sermon or a bible study or whatever yeah if we don't use if we're not using it really um it's difficult to imagine how it impacts yeah our lives i heard in the navigators and on, at college, if you uh, if you use it, you won't lose it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to a scripture memory and knowledge, and I think that's yeah. really true. Sounds like oh, from your experience too. Yeah. So after college, after Bible college, mm-hmm. you uh, w- w- what what came next? Well, uh, while I was in college, because it was mandatory that we be involved in ministry, mm-hmm. um, otherwise we you know, wouldn't graduate, and which is fine. Uh, I did youth ministry. Uh, in one church and during that time met Donna Uh, she was on staff at the college um, and she was also part of a church plant in North Portland and she started attending my church with me for a little bit um, but through many conversations and looking comparing the two it was very evident. I was in a large church. Uh, it was very institutional. Um, had very few great relationships there. I, I was just kind of a cog. Mm-hmm. Um, and over there, they were doing a church plant for missional outreach in um, North Portland, which was is you know one of the rougher areas of Portland. And uh, we thought. Uh, I mean, it, it became evident that's where we both needed to be, and she was really passionate about that, and uh, I was too. It just took me a while to figure out that that was part of what what I was passionate about was was building the kingdom, not just maintaining it. Hmm. Uh, so we got involved in that church plant. Uh, it grew um, eventually. Uh, you know, I was mentored by some of the guys there. A uh, couple of them were some of my professors as well, and which 
eventually became great friends and uh, they brought me on the elder team and so we were co-elders it was an elder-led congregation uh, just totally blessed to have uh, some really neat godly guys to bring me while I'm gaining all this knowledge to be forming me in a, into a minister and an elder uh, pastor of, of a church yeah 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 and then Finally, we had uh, an opportunity to branch off from there, and I went into uh, full-time paid pastoral ministry. My first position was in Central Oregon, um, what first paid uh, pastoral position, and we were there for a few years, and some things happened there that uh, were out of my control, uh, which led me to look for another pastoral position and this church called me uh, and said hey we found your resume online uh, would you be interested in checking out our position um, we think you would match pretty well for that I'm like okay hold on Wisconsin <laughs> was the last time you were in Wisconsin when you broke your knee yes that's what I was that thinking the hilarious. place of dangerous oh, three wheelers yes <laughs> I, I the immediate thought in my mind was wait a second it is flat because I love mountains I am passionate about mountains it's flat it's cold and there's a lot of pain already associated to the few For weeks sure, that I yeah. that I was there yeah but we came out checked it out uh, listened to Dave's sermons and I'm like oh my gosh this is I mean this is so rock solid and the position I'm looking at the written position I'm like I, I could have written this for myself. I mean, mm. it was it was as if I wrote it for myself, and there were, there was no reason to say no. So, do you remember what year that was? Uh, oh, 07. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we moved out here at the end of January, 07. We drove through um, the plains, you know, the North Dakota area, Wyoming, Montana during snowstorm season <laughs> got you prepared for living in wisconsin oh my goodness you drive through north dakota and then wisconsin doesn't feel flat well yeah i remember north yeah dakota. we've got city park hill in marinette you're right <laughs> park hill yes hill and mounts you guys don't have mountains we do have mounts <laughs> and then god has you on this new amazing adventure in ministry as a chaplain and uh, and what's your official title? Chaplain to law, law enforcement. Okay, yeah. not police chaplain. It's chaplain to law enforcement because Correct. that includes beyond police. Correct. Uh, I do sheriffs. Uh, I serve five agencies right now: uh, O'Connell County Sheriffs, Marinette County Sheriffs, Marinette City PD, Peshko PD, and the DNR Northeast Region. Wow, their law enforcement division. Yeah, so could you tell us a bit more about what that looks like? Even maybe, I, I'm imagining every day is very different, but even if it was like a day in the life of your in your position now, what is that? I think most of us probably have no idea. I do know you have a cool uniform that as a campus multiple. chaplain, I never had anything that looked <laughs> official like that. It's pretty awesome. Well, actually, I have multiple uniforms. Um, basically, same pants, but I have... A, uh, at least a shirt, uh, shirts that are different for each agency. 
Uh, I've got a, a couple of badges from two of the different agencies, um, access to you know the the county buildings. Um, so a day in the life, um, actually, it's very different from day to day. Um, you know, like like many officers, even though you know they they probably patrol the same area, they're in a car every day. You know, they're they're driving a lot. Um, every day is different for them. Um, I mean, there's no routine. It's you you wait for the calls and you look for what's going on. Uh, for me. Um, my job is to build relationships with the officers and the, the office staff uh, and dispatch so that when times are tough for them, I it will bubble up to at least, you know, they're one of their top three to, to talk to. Um, but that takes time. Uh, it takes time to, to win uh, their trust. Uh, for them to decide whether I'm I'm trustworthy, whether um, they like me, um, whether I'm some kind of kook or something, right? Or whether I'm going to be preaching at them, uh, or am I going to be someone that they see has some wisdom uh, and they can talk to freely. Um, not not every pastor is suited for that yes um we you know because a lot of pastors to their you know credit they want to share the gospel they want to spread it and they'll they'll speak it every moment every time they can and that's not the place for it uh in in their office in their car uh the officer's car um that's their world and I am there to to build relationship as with any and I kind of hate the to use the term in my position but as a missionary yes our job is not necessarily to to proselytize it's not to proselytize it is to to build relationship so that we do when an opportunity at the right time to share the reason for the hope that we have and what it has meant to us not to convert or anything like that i mean there's a distinction there well and we you know we we believe it's it's god that does the converting anyways like it's god that doing that work totally up to the holy spirit and so i i feel like when it when it comes to what you're saying oftentimes if not almost all the times that opportunity will happen because God makes it happen. Your yep. job is to be faithful, walk alongside them to encourage and to love them, them. And love them. Yeah. Right. You know, so I, I don't know. Like I, I found that with ministry with me, just even dealing with, with teens who yep. wouldn't necessarily consider themselves Christians. I can say, you know, I, I don't have to necessarily say, here's the gospel every single time I talk to them. Instead, I can say, I, I can walk through them with what they're going through and that oppo- opportunity will arise. Yeah, and uh, I I knew that along the way uh, in my ministry years, but it, um, it was it really was nailed home when I started um, teaching a class called "Becoming a Contagious Christian." Hmm. Um, put together, I think it was. Was by, it Hybels? Uh It was. 
I think it was Mark Middleberg and someone that worked in another one that worked in Heibel's church. Um, but you know, the whole premise was winning the opportunity uh, to share the reason for the hope that you have, and everything is up to the Holy Spirit to make that happen. And like you said, Christoph, uh, we need to be faithful in pursuing the relationships, in being uh, a person worthy of of uh, asking questions of. Sure. Sure. So, oh, I had a question, and it flew away. Well, that, I'm sorry. Right. I'll go to Jeff. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, so that's your ministry to the law enforcement officers. Yeah. Is there another ministry that happens if there's a crisis to with people involved? Do you ever get involved in any of those situations? Yes. Or uh, as a chaplain, my primary uh, my primary job is to be a support to the officers, their families, the staff secondarily to be used by them as a tool to minister to people in crisis. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if, uh, you know, when they come upon or are called out to a horrific crash scene, um, oftentimes I'll get called out to, to be there at the scene because it's hard on the officers and the emergency personnel as well. Um, And, and it should be, uh, otherwise, you know, you get calloused and you don't care about anything and that develops and then you take that home and uh, that that can create its own mess. So I go out to assist the officers to, to touch bases with them, seeing how they're doing. But then there are times when family members start coming to the scene because they get notified somehow. Uh, and so I'll hang out with the family members and minister to them while the officers are doing their job of, of investigating and, you know, cleaning things up and, you know, whatever it is that they have to do. Uh, sometimes I'm called out <clears throat> uh, to do a death notification. Okay, so there, there's been an accident. Someone has died. Now we got to go notify people. Um, I'll be called out. Um, with the various agencies, hey, we got to go notify some people. Like, okay. So I hop in a vehicle with one of the officers or the sheriff, whoever it is that we, that does the notifying. And we make sure we get our information straight. Who, you know, who was it? You know, who, who are we going to talk to? And, and then break the news. Wow. And it's, it's never easy. Um, sometimes they're harder than, than other times, but, uh, it is a service to the officer to have someone like me along that can handle some of the more emotional things. Uh, because, you know, I'll, I'll be part of breaking the news, touching base and, you know, how are they doing, you know, et cetera, while the, and then, uh, refer the questions of, well, what happened? How did it happen? You know, I refer that to the officer so that they can handle details mm-hmm. um, of investigation and, you know, what they can and can't say. Because um, mm-hmm. most of them are, like, still under investigation, obviously. Yes. And they can't just give out too many details. What a calling that you have, Archer. I mean, hearing hearing you say this in light of the story we've already heard on this podcast yeah. of your life. I, I keep thinking 
and you are the person that needs to be there because of what God has done in your life. And I, mm-hmm. I just had this flashback suddenly, actually, a very early memory of mine in college of my first encounter with a law enforcement chaplain um, on campus after a tragedy that happened that I um, was aware of and leading through as a resident assistant. And this chaplain came and visited me. Oh. And I hadn't actually made that connection till just now, but his role was very important because my interactions with the officers were about one sort of thing from one angle. My interaction with, with this chaplain was more like, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah. And what do you need? And what can we do to help? That was a very important role in that moment because it was a significant crisis and sad yeah. that we walked through. Um, I am so thankful that you were doing that in this area. So mm. thank you yeah. uh, for doing that. Yeah, you bet. Um, Thanks. That's it. You're a unique human to be su- to be suited for that work. That sounds so intense. Um, how can we, the, those of us listening and involved in this podcast, how can we pray better for law enforcement? Is there anything that you could say that would help us as we use our imagination for what would be helpful? Oh, um, yeah. We're first. We're all broken, and understanding that those in law enforcement they're our neighbors and they're dealing with you know the regular stresses of life just like we are you know we're gonna make the bills uh the you know are the kids sick um you know the the car broke down and oh my gosh now we got this on top of that and uh and then you have all of the aspects of law enforcement on them as well there are there are tremendous stresses that are placed on them by the nature of their job. They carry a gun. They are under, I mean, they receive a lot of training of when to use it, how to use it. But you know, when the time happens, you've got maybe an eighth of a second to decide of whether you have to use it or not. Um, that could be, you know, one instance in a year, or it could be multiple instances in a week. You never know. That's the, the randomness of, of the job there. But then, uh, basically, every stop that they go to, they're lied to. Even some of us believers who are very well-meaning, oh, I didn't realize I was going that fast. Yeah, we... We knew we were going there. Are you sure about that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's... What do you mean I was going seven miles over? I was going eight miles over. Wait a minute. Right, right, right. So they they learn very quickly. You just don't trust anyone. Mm. Um, Their lives are on the line, you know, because most um, law, law enforcement deaths are either responding to a domestic dispute in the house at a home or doing a traffic stop. Uh, traffic stops are probably primary uh, because you don't know what what they're coming up on. And so um, to maintain a relatively soft heart in, in the world of cynicism that they have to create to be able to do their job. Mm-hmm. They're trained to be cynics. And unfortunately, they're trained so well in that at times, and it breaks them down 
uh, and then they take that into the home mm-hmm. and the family life suffers so what I'm hearing is we can we can pray for that we can pray a, for a safeguard against that but also pray for their families pray for their their households pray for yeah um, yeah that's yeah. <clears throat> that's good that's yeah. good it is interesting to think of a daily life where you're encountering people in their most difficult moments it's Regularly. not that people typically call them because they're having a great day nope they, never they don't that. encounter that and they're, yeah. they're also out there, you know, on regularly dealing with the worst 3% of the population that we mm. hardly ever see. Mm. And they're doing, dealing with it regularly. So uh, oftentimes I, I, I say that these guys and gals, th- these people stand in the gap between uh, lawlessness and the community. Basically between evil and the community. And, uh, you know, dealing with the worst 3%, so the rest of us don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes a toll. Yeah, for sure. Well, Archer, I, I unfortunately, I feel like we could talk forever. Good. There is so much more I, I uh, we have to. We have to do, we'll have to do a part two. I, I think that's just the answer. Let's do it because are, we're only talking about half of my job so far. Oh, uh, there we go. So we're going to have to, <laughs> to, we'll have to leave continued. on a cliffhanger and come back to a part two. We'll have to have you back and, okay. and soon. I think especially... With all that's going on in the world, uh, the insight you have to offer is important, and it's important for people to hear. And I, I think that that's an important, uh, an important piece that sometimes is, is is missed. So, absolutely. So yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna have to because we're we're coming up on our time. Okay. Um, but we will do a part two, uh, and and soon. Thank you so much for carving out some time in in making this happen. You bet. Fortunately, I'm, I'm off today, but I'm suiting up for tonight. So I'll be on a ride along. Oh, boy. All, probably all night tonight. All right. Well, if you hear this podcast as soon as it drops, Archer, pray for him tonight <laughs> as he's yes. on a ride along. Yes, uh, And if, if you're hearing this later on, maybe uh, still pray for Archer and those who are in uh, law enforcement positions uh, yeah. that, um, that that God would uh, just continue to place people in opportunities of speaking truth in their lives because I, I think that's so needed. It's so important. Yeah. And keep praying that I am listening to God's wisdom and discernment as yeah. well. And that I have his wisdom and discernment. Mm. Absolutely. Because without that, I have nothing to offer. Mm. Amen. That's yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, we, uh, we drop two podcasts a week. Normally Tuesdays, uh, after the sermons, we talk about the sermons and on Thursdays, we try to bring in new guests. If you have any questions, any topics you want for us to tackle, you can contact us on our website at faithpestigo.com but that is going to do it for us have a good one